When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on, welcome on to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore. And like we've been doing all basketball season, we're in Albie's arena. So we bring on a guest from the Texas Tech podcast verse or the Big 12 podcast verse. And we bring him in to talk Texas Tech men's basketball. And this episode, very excited to bring on a good friend of mine, friend of the pod, of course, TJ Kern from the Guns Up Nation podcast. What's going on, TJ? Yo, Albie, what's up, my guy? You know, it's a uh, the the I love one thing is is that and we've known each other from when you know when this podcast was under the Nation umbrella, you know, and we've had different iterations from from that and stuff like that. I am very excited. I got to give you credit because I think what what you and Blake have done to take you know the 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 Nation pod. I say guns up, nation. It's technically the nation pod. I don't want to get. I want no lawyers on me. We, we don't want the school coming after. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. But the nation, what you have done with the nation podcast, really blowing it up. It's been a great stuff there. So I'm, I'm glad to have you on the podcast. Man, it's a pleasure, bro. Uh, you know, like you said, we, we've been in contact via Twitter. You know, for the last few years. Um, big fan of your stuff, and even though you are from Houston, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll forgive you for that. But uh, you know. It's uh, it's an exciting time, man, in Red Raider land. No, absolutely. So let's let's get into it. Talking about the men's basketball team right now, we're gonna get into the Oklahoma game specifically. For those that were living under a rock this weekend, Texas Tech beat the Oklahoma Sooners 85-84 in Norman to improve to 16 and three on the season. One of the greatest starts in Texas Tech men's basketball history. But before we kind of get to that part of where we are now in late January. I want to take what was your thoughts to, and I've, and I've asked every guest this has come on recently, what were your thoughts at in the offseason? We're, we're going back, you know what I'm saying? Mark Adams has had already had been fired, um, or, you know, mutual split, however you want to call it. But he had been let go. That fool got kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure you told anything out of you. I mean, dude got kicked yeah, out. Yeah, you ain't got to go home. You don't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. Um and uh, so we have a new coach. What was your reaction to hiring Grant McCaslin from North Texas? Were you for it? Were you kind of like, eh, I don't know about this guy? What were you thinking? So it's funny that that's where we start today, right? Because that's kind of how I got on the show. Uh, on Twitter uh, this week, we, we saw that picture of Billy Clyde Gillespie. And I had completely forgotten about Billy Clyde Gillespie. And it leads me to say this. Like, when we got Billy Clyde Gillespie, I thought we were about to do some serious things in basketball. I was very excited. Uh, for those that don't know my background, I'm 38 years old. I'll be 39 next month. I was in Lubbock from 2007 to 2010. 
Uh, Bob Knight had just handed the program off to to Pat, and we all know what the disaster was there. I mean, we would literally go to basketball games and walk in at tip and be able to sit front row. It was pathetic. The the USA was not what it is today. Um, so I'm so happy that it is what it is. But about to get getting back on topic to Coach McCaslin, you know, on our pod, my, me and my my partner Blake Hartsfield had talked about it, and. We had heard Grant McCaslin's name. We kind of knew a little bit about him. There was a lot of pushback because of the tempo, right? I think a lot of Tech fans were really upset and kind of tired of grinded out, defense first um, style basketball. Well, we've quickly learned that Grant McCaslin can coach multiple styles of basketball. Um, On our pod, we were very excited that Grant McCaslin got the job then over the offseason, hiring uh, Dave Smart, the coach out of Canada, uh, the thing that he was able to do uh, in the portal, uh, we didn't know what to expect. So back to the hiring of McCaslin real quick, we thought it was a home run. I mean, he was obviously the guy, took in uh, UNT to the NIT championship last year. And I didn't even know that his wife played soccer here. I didn't know about his West Texas ties. So you throw in the fact that he has West Texas ties. Uh, his wife went to Tech. He's all about West Texas. And this dude, all he wants to do is win. Every 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 time I hear him talk, it's, hey, everything that we do is about winning. Toughest team wins, right? That's his hashtag, TTW. Um, but to be honest, coming into the season – we didn't really know what to expect. We didn't know what to expect from this roster. We didn't know what to expect from these transfers. Um, we knew Lamar Washington and Robert Jennings would be here, and a couple, Kerwin Walton was still here. But I thought, realistically, just getting into the tournament, I didn't even care if it was a 16 seed. I thought getting back into the tournament was going to be a success for this season. Obviously, now our, our expectations are a little bit higher, but... Uh, Coach McCaslin has impressed the hell out of me um, with his energy. Uh, I love watching. I don't know about you, Albie, but how much time do you spend after wins watching the locker room? <laughs> I, I do watch I the locker those. room videos. I ain't going to hold you. I do love the locker room videos because it actually, you know, I'll give Beer this credit because it really started with him. I, I remember the, one of the ones that are distinct in my memory was when we won on the road and beat Kansas. No, it, it was Little Nas X. Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember? Oh, uh, this is before, actually, you know, this is before Old Town Road was even a huge like thing. It was just a little like little joke yeah. internet song, and then that was the song of those players back in what 2017 and 2018, just like playing. Well, no, that was the uh, that was the final fourteen. So nineteen. So that'd be nineteen. That yeah, They just started playing it, and I was like, oh, okay, this is like a cute little song. Who knew that, that would like explode a career? I don't know, but you're right. That was the beginning of that one, and that was the same year they beat Kansas on the road, uh, and I think that was the first locker room video. And from there, yeah, every single one. But I will say this, and we're going to talk about the Oklahoma game. What I love the most about this locker room video was until Grant McCaslin came with a locker room, the players were just like, ah, oh, it's cool. Just another win, another W. No, but like, it was almost like they were used to it, which is, to me, just even that much more exciting that it wasn't – them going in, playing a top, what was Oklahoma, 15th ranked in the nation, or 11th, they were 11th, 11th ranked in the nation it. team, which they're going to drop, of course, but 11th ranked team in the nation, and they were just like business as usual. Like, we expected this. It ain't no problem. And, and Grant came in with the energy. Before that, they were just like, all right. You know, no, no. Dude, he yeah. was hyped. How hyped was he? 
I mean, and, and, and I know we're going to get into the, the specifics of the game yesterday. Um, I think I aged, you know, these gray hairs in my beard are, are from the game yesterday. But, um, I mean, his energy is infectious. I mean, and they wanted to wait for him to get in the locker room. I think that tells everything that you need to know about this team. Um, and, and, boy, that, you know, after watching Mark Adams just stand on the sidelines with his arms folded like a just old – Old man, um, it's nice to see some energy on the sideline. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I, and so let's let's talk a little bit about the game. So before this game uh, happened, Texas Tech at the time they had a kind of a, a mini buy, right? So they did not play uh, during the week. We talked about it last time on our pod episode um, how important it was for Texas Tech to pull off that win against BYU, especially after getting you know throttled at Houston. You know, getting a nice win against BYU, a team that plays that that. You know, brand of basketball that is boring, but it is fundamentally sound. Ball movement, get, get, getting the opportunity after being down, closing that game out, winning against BYU was a huge confidence booster. Now, last week, I'm gonna lie to you, TJ. I predicted a Texas Tech loss, and I predicted a Texas Tech loss because it was at Oklahoma. Porter Moser is a very good coach on the road. And on a Saturday, which Saturdays the crowds are usually much more into it, but I don't know if people in Norman, Oklahoma, we'll get into the crowd. I don't know if they. I don't know if Norman, Oklahoma, knew that Saturdays are usually tougher for the for or better for the home crowd. But but um, yeah, so I predicted a loss. I thought you know, hey, this was all fun and, and dandy, nice win against BYU, uh, but this is probably going to be a loss at, at Oklahoma. And I, I don't know if the players heard me or what. They started off that game against OU on fire. I mean, they, they, they started off the game very well. Um, and, and to a point, I think they were up uh, almost 10 very early on. You know, what were your thoughts as the game started and it looked like, okay, we're, we're, we're getting this, getting this going? Yeah, so what are the, one of the things this team has struggled with, Albi, is starting off fast. Um, getting out of the gate slow. Oklahoma State, UT, um, a couple other games where they started off a little sluggish. But yesterday, you got to give them credit. On the road, big game, and they showed up. And I'm not going to lie, that alley-oop to Chance McMillan had me jump out. I say, I mean, I, my sister, I live with my sister. She's downstairs, my studio. I'm watching the game upstairs. And uh, I yelled I yelled so loud. I mean, the, the bunnies from Chance McMillan just – that, that must have got him going because he, he took control of that game. Um, and and I, I was thinking boat race. when We we were up like eight we or nine, and it really, we had all the momentum. I mean, it looked like Oklahoma didn't belong on the court. Next thing you know, we're down three. Yeah, or so it was 17 um, and, and I was, I well, was 17 to nine in the first what? 10 minutes. And then you blinked. You maybe take a, you took a quick, you know, went to go make yourself some lunch, thinking, okay, it's going to be a nice, nice, easy win. And then from that 17 to nine episode, Oklahoma goes on a 21 to four run. And just like that, we're down nine. And I I was hot. I was upset. I mean, I I really thought we we came came to play, like we said. Um, That alley oop was the momentum shifter. I mean, they were uh, getting some turnovers, getting some steals, getting out in transition. I mean, I, 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 Kerwin Walton was even hitting some twos and attacking the basket a little bit. That was nice to see instead of just spotting up for three. Um, <clears throat> but then you're in a dogfight, right? Now, all of a sudden, it's another Big 12 road game. And 
I was texting my podcast partner for, for the Nation podcast, Blake Hartsfield. We usually text back and forth during the games. And, man, the last four minutes of the half, you've got to give Tech a lot of credit because that game could have – you could have been in another BYU situation down uh, double digits. And I think they cut it to, what, to one, point one at halftime? Half yeah, one point at halftime. Just like that. It went, again, it's a game of runs. Uh, they won a 12-5 to run. Um, to cut it down all the way to one point at halftime, very necessary. I mean, it kind of had to happen. If you didn't, you weren't able to have that cut down to one point by halftime. I, I agree with you. I th- I thought down nine. Whoo! This this may you know my prediction was coming to fruition. Right down nine, I was like, ah, well. Yeah, well, we went we went from boat race to getting boat exactly, race. exactly right. And so, but that run they had at the very end, especially at like the last thirty seconds of that half where you're down, I think it was down a little over four, um, and they made, what was it? So they were down four, got a, they got that steal from Warren Washington, got popped to the line, he hits two, and then Darren Williams gets the ball back, great defense again, he gets hits two, just like that, it's a one-point game, after you were down five just a, a second ago. So I think that is really, in the last 30 seconds of the game, making sure that they got the necessary buckets to close it out and make it, make it a dogfight in the second half, and... But TJ, it was a dog fight in the second half. Baskets back and forth. Welcome to the Big Twelve, Bobby. You know, welcome to the Big Twelve. You know, at times, and I'll get your opinion on the second half as well. But at times, I was like, "All right, this is bad defense." But other times, like, "No, nah, man, the defense is fantastic. These guys are just putting up buckets." Like both both teams. Oh, like dude, it's not yeah. even bad defense. Yeah, no. The uh, uh, I'm looking it up now. Um, Sores kept hitting shots, and I was like. I was like, geez, you know, and then uh, Awe, and I'm not one to to really, I'm not an officials basher. I, I mean, I'm on, your, I'm on your show, right? I don't know how many people listen to both our shows, whatever, but we don't really bash the officials, but I thought that game was pretty poorly officiated, and if you were on Twitter during the game, th- that seemed to be the I think Grant McCaslin would agree um, with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, right, oh dude, he, yeah. When he almost got when he almost got teed up there, man. Talk about that. That was uh, some good fortune that he didn't, because it uh, it kept the score within reach. Um, but just so you know and your listeners know, Chance McMillan has been adopted by me as my dude for the season ever since like he went off at Butler. I was like, oh, oh yeah, oh, he got it. Like, if he can do this, if this is what Chance McMillan can be and can give you when you have pop, because let's be real, they we have six six guys that can score the basketball. That's it. We only play eight. Lamar Washington and Robert Jennings are great, you know, defensively, and they're great teammates, but let, let's be real. You have six – with Devin Cambridge out, you have six guys that can score the basketball. Now they can all score in double figures. It might be – you never know who's going to blow up. Pop's obviously the head of the snake. Um, but it was nice to see when he struggled yesterday and we need needed need to get something going. It was Chance McMillan, my guy, that uh, kept us in that game in the first half. And then, of course, kept it going in the yeah, second. Yeah, Texas Tech had 29 bench points in this game. Uh, 27 of it was Chance McMillan setting a career high. But he couldn't miss. Chance McMillan could not miss. Like, and, and you know, sometimes, and Pop does this all the time where he has a heat check shot, and most of Pop's heat check shots miss, right? And I, I get it. You got to try to see what it is. Chance McMillan was hitting heat check shots, and it still was going in. 
He could not miss. Every time that it looked like Oklahoma was trying to pull away or trying to make a statement or trying to do something, it was get the ball to Chance McMillan, and it was an easy bucket. And I think that was something because Oklahoma's game plan really looked like it was we're going to double pop, we're going to double Tucson, and we're going to be good. And I think during that stretch where they went on that 21-4 to run, that's a big piece of it because Joe T and Pop couldn't get anything going. And they needed Chance. Oh. Warren Washington had zero points at halftime, yeah. I think. So we, so they, mean, they, they talk about cutting off the heads of the snake. Those are our three best players. So they said that we are going to make sure your three best players can't do anything, and we need a chance, and chance stepped up to the play. Because they also said we're going to run off. I mean, it was great. Let me tell you something. I will say this, and I'm kind of on a tangent a little bit. Porter Moser did a great job coaching for Oklahoma. Oh, he, he's a hell, hell of a coach. coach. Did his scouting, watched his film. We're going to run Kerwin Walton off the three-point line, Right. We are Kerwin only got one three off the whole game. Well, we're going to run him off the three point line. We are going and to. He made it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to we're going to double pop. We're going to make sure Tucson can only. He's not going to be able to be in a situation where he can pass the ball like that. And we're going to uh, do what he can to make sure that Warren Washington doesn't get rebounds and can't get put back. And they did all of that. The problem is Chance McMillan came out of nowhere and dropped twenty seven. Like that was, that's the issue. They wouldn't well, need to count for that. I, I call and I call Chance McMillan the X factor for this team because. I mean, if he gives you 15 and on any given night he can get you 20, look out. Because this team's ceiling when, when Chance McMillan's right. And I've always liked shooters. Um, I, I played ball, What you know, wanted to be in the NBA, all that, just like every little kid that plays hoops. And I've always been a fan of shooters. Ray Allen, Reggie Miller. And that second name that I just mentioned, Reggie Miller, is – I mean, I'm not calling Chance McMillan Reggie Miller, but he kind of reminds me a little that, bit that of dog. coming off of the smooth jumper, um, you know, coming off the uh, the screen and taking the ball to the rim, being the athleticism. I mean, I, who knew? I mean, he's one of the best athletes on the team, apparently, with those buddies. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's all over the place. So I, I was personally very happy yesterday to see Chance McMillan uh, kind of dig us out of that hole. Um and, and Darian Williams, man, I don't think Darian Williams gets enough love. I don't know if he was on your list to talk about right now, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about him because this this guy is just as gritty as can be. He fills the stat sheet in all three categories. He shoots it with confidence from deep, even though his percentages are a little lower out there. But, I mean, hey, he, he lets it fly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, when he lets it fly, I'm kind of nervous. But I mean, I, I gotta applaud the confidence level. Funny um, enough, but he just stuck. Funny enough, shoot. he has a higher three point percentage than Pop. I just looked it up, and I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. It's a, I was, Darren Williams. I think he's really stepped up in Cambridge's absence. I think that was the thing we talked about it when Cambridge went down. You know, I thought it'd be Robert Jennings would be the, the guy that be get the opportunity to step up because I thought they were similar players. Darren Williams was really stepped into that role of the glue. I'll do anything you need me to do. You need me to get rebounds, I'll get them. You need me to get. Uh, D up, I'll get, I'll do that. You need me to do, be the assist man, I'll do that. You need me to go out and drive to the basket, I'll do that. But kind of going back to your Chester Millen point, I will say this: I actually think, you know, Pop's obviously our best scorer, just flat out can score. Joe T's probably second. Chester Millen might be our third best flat out go get a bucket because unlike Kerman Walton, whenever they were trying to run Dev- or Chester Millen off the three in the second in the second half. He said, all right, I'll just drive. <laughs> like, yeah, he exactly. Play. He was like, run me off a three. I don't care. I'm still going to get these buckets. Like, and, and that's, and so it's, and that, to your point, 
You know, and we haven't talked about this as much, but to your point, that is that X factor of, oh, great. If a team says, we got Pop, we got Joe, we you oh, but there's a third guy that isn't going to, you know, his, his stats aren't going to show you anything. I mean, even with his 27-point outburst, he still doesn't average 10 points a game, right? So his stats aren't going to show up on there if you're not actually doing film. If you don't actually know who that third guy is, you may think it's, oh, maybe it is, you know, Darren Williams, or maybe it is... Kerwin Walton, when in fact, no, it's that guy off the bench who can score when needed. He reminds me, actually, another example of that is last year when Adonis Arms would randomly go for 20. And you're like, well, where did that come from? Not last year, but a few years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, Adonis, well, yeah. I mean, that, that team was the first year we had the pod and we were like actually covering the team. Um, and that, that's that, a great first year. Adonis was my guy that year. <laughs> that's a great first year. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's funny you bring up Adonis because I think everybody at Red Raider Lane loves Adonis. But, yeah, back so back to the game and back to our balance scoring a little bit. Like, like from game to game, you never really know, right? Who like, like I call Pop the head of the snake because he's leading the Big 12 in scoring. You, you, you pretty much know what you're going to get. You're going to get 17 to 19, 20, somewhere in there from Pop. Um and he finished yesterday, I believe, with 18, mm-hmm. even after a, a, a struggle in the first half. So um, he's the head of the snake. He's the guy that can go off for 30, okay? After that, you've got a bunch of guys that can hit you for double digits. And But if Chance McMillan can pop off for – start popping off 20-point games, we're, we're going to be in good shape, and this team's going to be a little bit uh, higher seed than, than I thought we were. But before we transition or whatever to talk about yesterday um, – I'm all about feeding the big fella. I think Warren Washington has been excellent offensively, and he's been a really bright spot for this team offensively. Feed the big fella. Give him a lob. Give him the ball. Let him post up. He's, I mean, he's really got he some, some underrated post moves yep. down there with that little hook shot. Yep, he has some touch. I mean, so Warren Washington, to me, going into the season, I thought he was one of the biggest, uh, you know, factors on this team. I thought he was just going to – he was a very great – player to have right because we haven't had a rim protector a true rim protector in a while we've not had a true rim protector in a while and he's a true seven footer and he has some offensive game we saw it last year with arizona state like he, he can do what it do, do to make it happen on this team i think he struggled early on in the season to find okay what exactly is my role i know he had some injury problems as well as far as him being hurt and things like that so he i think it just took him a while to get comfortable but since conference play started oh he's comfortable like he is comfortable. He oh, is not only yeah. Is he, yeah, not only is he comfortable. I mean, he's dominating. I mean, he's blocking shots. He's catching lobs. He, like I said, he's getting more confident with the his back to the basket with this little baby hook. Um, he can hit the little touch shot, the little push shot if he's uh, about eight feet away or whatever. Um, so I, I, I honestly, Albie, Warren, and let's see what you have to say. But Warren Washington to me is the most important player on this team. Mm, and I'll tell you why. All right. Yeah, he is the only big man we have. He has to stay healthy. Not only does he have to stay healthy, he has to stay out of foul trouble. So he has to play great defense, protect the rim, and not foul. And he's been able to do that so far to a team. And, like, to your point, he battled maybe some knick-knack injuries early on. But if he gets hurt after losing Devin Cambridge – I don't know what this team is because let's be real. This is a thin team. 
Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, we're we're sunshine and daffodils right now. You know, we're first in the Big Twelve. But if you lose Warren Washington, it's a completely different ball club. Yeah. Coming into the season, I personally thought that Warren Washington could be the best rim protecting big man we've had since Tariq Owens. And so far, you know, at first I was a little nervous about that that thought. But so far, he's he's done it. I mean, he's been exactly he's actually been on this team just like we needed Tariq Owens to be on the 2019 team. He's very been very similar in that aspect. Now, I'm not saying he's as good as Tariq Owens because Tariq Owens was a beast. But he's been doing exactly what we've needed him to be doing, similar to what we needed Tariq Owens to do on the 2019 team. And I couldn't ask for more from Warren Washington so far. Uh, but I think, like you said, if he does go – it reminds me a lot, and I, I don't like making this comparison because it seems hyperbolic, but back during the Heatles, remember when Miami Heat were had LeBron and D-Wade and all that other stuff, right? I – yeah, and, and so I actually thought that, to me, Chris Bosh, though he's not the best player on the team, of course, he was the most important piece. Because LeBron's going to be LeBron, and D-Wade's going to be D-Wade. And they're each going to get, you know, 30 or 25 or what have you. If LeBron goes down, D-Wade can go back to the MVP candidate D-Wade. If D-Wade goes down, LeBron can go back to being the best player in the world. But if Bosh goes down, they didn't have a replacement for that. The best big man behind Bosh was Birdman, Chris Anderson. Like that's that's a huge like Birdman, Birdman. yeah. Like but it's, it's like defensively and offensively, you're not replicating that. And so it's almost the same in your what you were saying with Warren Washington. If Warren Washington goes down or fouls out or something like that, there's no replicating that. There's no change in that. No, you know? no, you can't. This is a completely different team. You're talking about starting Robert Jennings at that point. <laughs> yeah, at the five. <laughs> At the five. Six, six Robert Jennings at the five. You know, so that's, yeah, like yeah. That, that's exactly, you're exactly right. And that's the that's the issue that, and no, Houston's done a great job of it. That's the issue that Houston currently has, right? If Houston ends up having to play like a Purdue in the tournament, Jalen Roberts is six, seven, and he's their five. Like, and that's that's kind of the issue that they have, and I don't want to be in that same scenario. I don't, as a Rockets fan, I, I, lived, I lived to see P.J. Tucker at six, four in real life play center. Right, I don't want to live that in my in my college basketball days either. Right, like so that's that's you're right. I think Warren Washington is wildly important to this team. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt about it. And um, man, I lost a couple of uh, years on my life with the my heart was beating, man, down the stretch. But I I, I want to point this out real quick. They're number one in the in the conference in free throw shooting. You win a one point game. It becomes a foul game at the end of the game and you've got guys that can go to the line and knock it down. Whereas OBU yesterday shot 62% from the line in a one, in a one point game. I, you know, I tweeted this out and a uh, part of me after I tweeted, it, I was like, Oh, hold on. Maybe let me not, let me not jinx it. But I'm so glad we don't have to sweat free throws anymore. I don't know a Texas tech team where I've never, I don't have to, unless Warren Washington's at the line and even he's not, like horrendously awful. I mean, we, there's been yeah, worse. He, I mean, he's he's like 58. There, we, 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 I mean, he's still, if, he's still a seven footer. Exactly. Shooter. If we're comparing it to Tariq Goins, <laughs> you know, but um, the, unless it's for Warren Washington at the line, I don't sweat it. Even at the end of the game, they were talking about it and they were saying, you know, oh well, you know, you want to get the ball to Joe Toussaint because he's an 85 percent free throw shooter. I'm like, yeah, that's true, but like, if it goes to Pop, if it goes to Kerwin Walton. If it goes to McMillan, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm confident that they'll make two of these free throws. I'm confident in that. And if they don't make – if they end up missing one and they get back to the line, they're going to make both of those. They're going to make three out of four off top. Well, when it gets in a foul game and it's – what they were in the one – we were in the one and one and they were in the double bonus. 
And I was like, ah, make the front end. Please make the front end. And, and to our credit, you know, we shot the ball well from the line and closed out the Sooners. Said, see you later. Take your butts to the SEC, at least in a regular season. Might be a rematch in uh, the Big 12 tournament. That doesn't count. I will say, <laughs> you know, I will say it is funny. The last time we would have played in Oklahoma in the regular season uh, in basketball and in football, Texas Tech are the victors. So if you have a friend that is an Oklahoma fan, I don't want to, and they don't want to bring up serious history in any of those two sports. None of that matters. All that matters is the last time we played the Oklahoma Sooners in football and in basketball in the Big 12, Texas Tech won. And so we have lifetime scoreboard over the Oklahoma Sooners, and I couldn't be happier about that. Yeah, you know, I actually, Blake and I hate, hate the University of Texas. I mean, big time. On our show, we're always, I mean, my dad was an Aggie. You don't know that about me. So, I mean, I grew up, I mean, yeah, horns down is a thing in my <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah. By the way, that's another topic, we, you know, maybe we could touch on, but uh, how, how sensitive they're being with the horns down. But, uh, yeah, man, the, this team has surprised me. Uh, you're no longer looking at just making the tournament. You're 5-1. and one. And Kansas doesn't look like the juggernaut that they've been. Baylor doesn't look too hot. The, you know, they lost to TCU in three overtimes yesterday. That was a heck of a ball game. But the top of this conference is for the taking. And the schedule, if the red – I saw a tweet not today too shabby. the bracketologist said, said we're supposed to finish 12-6. and six. If you finish with 12 big 12 wins, you might have a chance to, to win the yeah. league. That's not the rest of the in, your, in Grant McCaslin's first year. The rest year? of the schedule is not too shabby. Uh, you know, also is not too shabby is some of our nice threads over at Charlie Hustle. Right, this podcast is brought to us, brought to you by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City, specializes in Texas Tech and hometown Chiefs apparel. That's right. We're recording this actually right before the Chiefs game, so I know all of Red Raider Nation is supporting. Our, our boy, Pat Mahomes, as he tries to lead his team to the Super Bowl. Quick aside, if Pat Mahomes leads the Chiefs to the Super Bowl this year, pfft, move over, Tom Brady. <laughs> this year? This is going to be the worst offense he's he's going to have probably in his yeah. career. Like, MBS is going to be gone. Like, they, they are going to completely revamp that receiver uh, situation. And That's yeah, incredible. I mean, we, we could talk, we could definitely talk Chiefs. I'm sitting here in my Chiefs Kingdom uh, sweatshirt and my Patrick Mahomes uh, championship book behind That's right. me. And it's, uh, dude, I'm big, big, big time on the Chiefs. Diehard Cowboy fan, man, but I, I equate it to like when I was a little kid, right? I was a Rangers fan, born in the Dallas Fort Worth area, always a Rangers fan. They didn't make the playoffs ever. So, the Atlanta Braves were kind of my adopted. Oh, yeah. That was America's team. Group for playoffs. That was America's team. Because so, of TBS. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Watched them on the Superstation. So I, I rooted for the Braves. Um, and now the, the connections there with, with Pat and all the stuff he's done to bring the university and Kansas City together. I actually, I, you don't know, I don't know if you know this about me. I lived in Kansas City for a year during the pandemic working for Amazon at the time. So, and those people love their chiefs, let me tell you. But uh, yeah, we, we can get back to tech here in a second. But, uh, but yeah, man, go, good luck to Pat and the boys today. Every, it seems like the whole world's on Lamb Lamb. And it's, it's all this Taylor Swift hate. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really get that. But I will say um, with that, if the Chiefs do go to the Super Bowl, I'm sure 
Charlie Hustle will have everything decked out. They want us to all be the best dress fans this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed Texas Tech apparel today. Show off that school spirit all season long, and you can show off that school spirit using our promo code 101215. That is TEN1215. Good for 15% off of all non-sale items. That is promo code 101215. Charlie Hustle, they'll have you covered with all of your Texas Tech apparel needs at charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. So you kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, TJ. Texas Tech, 5-1 and one in conference, by ourselves at the top of the Big 12 Conference. And it's not one of those things, you know, We were a week ago we were tied for the lead, and then we kind of got the lead off semantics, and we were like, oh, this is, this is cool, this is cute, we're at the top of the Big 12. Now after this win, and I and – I, I, uh, DM'd you about this before, and I said, if we beat Oklahoma, that's a statement. That is a statement to the rest of the league. And I know Oklahoma had just lost to Texas earlier this week, too, but that is a statement to the rest of the league that we can go on the road to Oklahoma. Uh, we're actually one of only two teams in the conference that has two road wins in this conference. Only us in Texas have two road wins in this conference. And we're sitting up top by ourselves, 5-1, and one, and it feels great. And we have one of the easier schedules remaining. We don't play Houston again. We don't play Oklahoma again. Like, this is... Kansas comes to Lubbock. Kansas comes to Lubbock. Like, the, our schedule ain't that tough, right? I, I would say 12-6, and six, that was what your, the bracketologist was saying. That is that is probably a, 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 like, even way to look at it. This team could go better, right? Like, we're looking at two games against UCF, right? We have another game against Oklahoma State. Uh, another game against or a game against West Virginia. Like these are not these are very winnable games. I'm not. I, I don't hate it. Yeah, you, I mean you're probably going to be favored in most of them. You, you you know, and so, and then we we have we're about to talk about the TCU game. After TCU, not too many more ranked teams left. The only ranked teams we have left on the schedule is we do have two games against Baylor, but we have Kansas and Iowa State. And you mentioned Kansas at home. Now we are going to have to deal with a little bit of that of Hilton Coliseum. So that's going to be something, but. This schedule is favorable, very favorable schedule to a team that's right now. Yeah, first yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, first in the conference, you're five and one, and it's all about stacking dubs, right? Best, college basketball is all about building a resume, who who you can beat, when you can beat them. Um, I, I'm not your analytics guy, right? Like I, I, I watch the games, I give you my opinions, and we have a good time. But um, these these analytics guys, man, are all about these quad one wins and getting these wins early. I think we're we're playing with a little bit of house money in case you do hit an injury or in case you know something happens and you do lose two or three in a row, right? You you've got five already on a scoreboard. So yeah, it's fun. It, it's fun to look at and say we're in first place, but they might have a chance to finish in first place. I mean, every game's a dog fight. Um, that UCF team beat Kansas. So um, you do play them twice. I don't know much about uh, their team currently, but uh, the schedule is something that is uh, worth paying attention to. Yeah. And unfortunately in the big 12, nothing's easy. Unless you're playing Oklahoma State. Nothing's easy. So it's, it is, you know, even though we're talking about it's a favorable schedule, even a team like Cincinnati, who we're going to play here soon, is still going to be a tough a tough out, right? It's still going to be a team that's going to – and I, I feel for Cincinnati a bit. 
because there's a very good chance that Cincinnati's not going to make the tournament. It's not because they're not good enough. It's because they play in the toughest conference in America. Like, just as simple as that. If they were still in the American Athletic, they'd probably win the dang conference. But <laughs> but unfortunately, they're in the Big 12. And because of that, they're going to probably end up with a, a record. And, I, and I'm, you know, who knows? They might go off a little bit. They did win this past weekend. But they, they could end up with a... Seven-ranked team. Yeah. Seven ranked teams in this conference. There are no nights off in the Big They're, they're currently predicting right now there are 11 teams in bracketology that have a shot at making the tournament. Cincinnati just happens to be team number 12. And that just sucks for them. But it sucks for West Virginia that they play in the toughest conference. But even a team like UCF. I thought UCF was going to suck this year. I thought they were. Yeah. I thought they were going to suck this year. And they've stepped up to the plate. And now what are you going to do, TJ, next year, Arizona, Colorado, and oh. Utah – are three teams that are projected to go to the tournament, and all three of them are coming to the Big 12 next year. This <laughs> is incredible. I mean, like, I, I and, and tell me what you think about this with the, the whole super conference thing and, and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, dude, the Big 12 is only going to get more loaded. And you, you mentioned those teams. That doesn't even include the fact that we've been flirting with Gonzaga. Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Flirting with UConn. Can you imagine this flirting, flirting with UConn. They just won a national championship. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, yeah. Is, this is incredible. So, so but yeah, man, the team is a lot better than I thought. It's well coached. Um, Got to give Grant McCaslin so, all, all the cookies in the world, right, um, for what he's done so far in year one. And to everybody, we started this off talking about, you know, we were joking about Billy Clyde Gillespie, right? Let that be a lesson to the fan base of Red Raider Nation because it's it's not all, you know, what you see up front, right? Grant McCaslin ran the slowest offense in the nation or one of the slowest offenses in the nation last year, but he coaches to fit his personnel instead of run, being like Beard and just running that, that slow Bob Knight offense that, you know, first to 50 wins. It's, this team's – Albie, this team is scoring in the eighties. When's the last time you remember and, and consistently? Let me tell you something. These offensive sets, these offensive plays, I'm watching. I'm like, man, this is this is incredible. Uh, we we've talked about it before because I, I believe Coach Gurley for the Lady Raiders is one of the best ATO coaches I've seen ever from on a Texas Tech sideline. Grandma Cousins right up there with her. Some of these ATO after timeout plays, I'm just like, man, automatic automatic bucket. Automatic bucket. These flare screens, how they're setting them, how Joe T's calling the plays from the top of the key right there, and it's they're already you know back cutting and some of the stuff that they're doing offensively is great. So even in a game like today, I'm like, so this is a game against Oklahoma. Pop Pop struggles, Joe T struggles, Darren Williams struggles from the field. Uh, Warren Washington took him a little bit to get going. After all of that, we scored 85 points. <laughs> how does that even happen? Yeah. Back to back fifty burgers in the second half. That's incredible. We're not talking about an NBA yeah. game. We're talking about a thirty second shot clock in twenty minutes. He's <laughs> a master. Don't even get me started on a thirty second shot clock in somebody's college basketball game. Yeah. At least better than thirty five. I'll give him that. But um, yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about our next opponent. So if I think a lot of people, a lot of Tech fans would say that Texas Tech was the most underrated team coming into this, coming into this conference play. Um, I would actually argue there was one team more underrated than Texas Tech, and that was TCU. TCU has really been doubted all season long, and I haven't really got it from day one. Day one, I looked at this roster, and I said, man, this roster, unless you just think Jamie Dixon sucks, which, fair, but 
Um, oh, this, yeah. well, no, no. Do you not remember what Jamie Dixon did at Pittsburgh? <laughs> it was only a matter of yeah. time before he, he got it did going. something at TCU. Yeah, and, and this team is good. This team is good. They, they... Jameer Nelson? I'm I'm oh, old. Man. I mean, I don't know. St. Joe's? Like, I'm old. Jameer yeah. Nelson Jr. is one of the best players on TCU's First team. Jameer Nelson Jr., you're talking about your old. That just makes us both feel ancient. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 this must be, maybe he's named, you know how Isaiah Thomas in the, uh, for this, that used to play for the Celtics was named after yeah. the Pistons? I, I was like, maybe that's what it was. Maybe they just know each other. Like, no, no, that's his son. Jameer Nelson, who used to win on a magical run with St. Joe's, playing the NBA with the Magic. No, that's his son playing for TCU. But, uh, but um, you yeah, know, this TCU team is good. Big, when you mentioned that win, triple overtime win at 15th ranked Baylor, they are the team that beat Houston and beat Oklahoma. Like, this is a good, good team. Um, and I think they've been a little overshadowed by some of their losses. They've played up to this point. Like, look at the teams they've played. They lost a close battle at Kansas. A game that, a game they should have won if they did not get screwed by some, you know, Allen Fieldhouse BS. Uh, get, lost a... Allen Fieldhouse Zebras. <laughs> they lost a close battle at Cincinnati, who we just talked about is actually a good team. And they lost a close battle against ranked Iowa State, who's a good team. Like, this is a very good TCU team that we're going to be playing at home, or not at home, in, um, well, at home, in USA. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second. In you USA West. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Um, so yeah, what do you yeah, think yeah. about this I'm game? ready. It's, it's in Fort Worth. And uh, Dallas-Fort Worth is the number one alumni base for Texas Tech University. I expect that place to be maybe even 50-50. Yeah. I've uh, literally – I've mean, been in that arena, Showmeyer Arena, where it was more Tech fans. I've been in the arena a couple times where it was more Tech fans than TCU fans. Um, TCU's – I mean, the, the Raider power chants were loud yesterday. And, 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 see, I was surprised by that. I ain't going to lie to you. I was surprised by that. I expect the Tech fans to be there. We usually travel pretty well. Um, but on a Saturday in Norman, on a, a good Norman a team, I expected their fans to be. Maybe they were still pissed about losing to Texas. I don't know. But I definitely expected their fans to be a little bit more in there. But I did mention on the podcast that though the fans show up in Norman, they're very much a, uh, on basketball anyway, you're very much a, a T-SIP crowd. Very much a sit down and golf clap. And they don't bring the energy like they're back in the Gallagher Iba days in Oklahoma, when Oklahoma State had it rocking with Marcus Smart and even further back with those teams. They don't have it rocking like Oklahoma State used to. That Oklahoma team, no matter how good they are, that fan base is kind of more reserved, very similar to their Red River counterparts in Texas. Um, and I think that's what happened on Saturday. Like I, I still think the stadium was had a lot of Sooner fans. They just weren't loud. And so TCU is yeah, very I, similar. I mean- I, I don't know the percentage. Maybe maybe Tech fans were 30% yesterday, but they, they're they loud. We we're loud. loud. We're obnoxious. We're, we're, yeah, we're all of it, and, and I love it. And, and, and you want to talk about how tough it is on the road in the Big 12. When you can go into another team's arena and fill it up with your fans and make it a – it wasn't a home game. It was still very much a road game, but – I mean, like I said, the Raider power chants were definitely heard it's, on the TV. They were, fr- they did a good it's job. It's friendlier confines, right? Like you don't, and I think that helped. I think that's one of the reasons why. I'm not saying that's the reason we won, but it helps when you're at the free throw line and it's not rockets around you and trying to throw you off. You, instead, you're hearing a Raider power. You're like, oh, bet this is the USA again. Yeah, we're at the USA. Exactly. I show my arena. And so Fort, going to Fort yeah. Worth on Tuesday. TCU, I'm expecting another big showing from Red Raider Nation. And then, I mean, Waco's only an hour and a half away. 
in in their little tiny arena. So that they they can't even sell out. So I, I mean, though that's two of your road games in tough quote unquote tough environments that I think Red Raider Nation is yeah. going to show up for. And, and TCU. So I, I will say so every time Tech plays TCU, regardless of the sport, there's a lot of Tech fans there. Showmire Arena is the smallest arena in the Big Twelve. However, um, not a lot of fans. It's not that they don't have a lot of fan support. Let me not say that. They have enough fans to necessarily fill the arena, but outside of that small student section, everybody else, again, very much of TSIP crowd, and we usually get in there, and we're, we're raucous. I will say, I'm looking at it now, tickets, 100 bucks. <laughs> they definitely jacked the price up for this matchup. We're still going to pay it. We're still going to be in there. Yeah, so I definitely yeah. expect Tech to be in there, but this is a good team. This is a very good TCU team uh, led by their big man, Emmanuel Miller, um, Darren Williams, I think, is going to have his hands. Darren Williams and Warren Washington are going to have their hands full with him, putting up 17 and 6 a game. Uh, really, their they're do it all kind of guy there, their player there. I do think if we can limit his opportunities, especially his touch around the rim, we will have an opportunity, a good chance at stopping them. But the tandem of him and Jameer Nelson Jr., they're a deadly inside out combo. Yeah, and, and they play tough. I mean, like I said, Jamie Dixon, I, for those of us that are old enough to remember the Dewan Blair. Pittsburgh teams. I mean, Jamie Dixon can coach, um, and TCU's his alma mater. I was like, what is what is he doing at TCU? I, did, I I didn't know, and then I found out it's his alma mater. So maybe he's he and he and they, dude. They they had Arizona beat in the, in the tournament a couple years ago. Like he's done a good job there. TCU really, and it's it's a testament to the conference. The only, I truly believe the only reason TCU is good at basketball now is because they're in the Big Twelve and they did not want to get embarrassed. If you remember when they first got into the Big Twelve, they were they stunk. They were not any good. It actually helped because we stunk at the time, too. And I was like, all right, thank God. TCU's here, so at least we can have one win in the conference, right? And so, but they got Jamie Dixon, and they were able to build their way up because they were like, we cannot compete in this conference and go 0-18 every year. And they so they, they had to invest in the, in the conference, and, they, and because of that, they've been able to take off a little bit and be a lot better. I think one player I failed to mention earlier that is going to have his ears perked, picked up for this game because he always does. Michael Peavy. Michael Peavy's having a career year. He's finally becoming the player that I think Tech fans thought he could have been three years ago. He's, he's become it. He's now a senior. He's matured. And, and talk about do everything, God putting up 11 and 5 himself. Him and, and Miller kind of feed off of each other a lot of the times. And it's going to be, like I said, Washington and, and Darren Williams. This is going to be a different type of team than they're used to seeing. Not as guard heavy as other teams in the Big 12 are. This is a team that likes to work that inside outside game. And they're also, though they work that inside outside game, they're athletic. They still spread it around. Jamie Dixon's still a good coach there. And so this will be a, a bit of a fight. It's definitely gonna be a fight, even though they're coming off of three overtimes. These are college kids; they can they can ball all day long, right? I don't want to hear that the three overtime game they're gonna be tired or any anything like that. Like it's not like I'm out there running a mile, right? Like these these are young, in shape, athletic kids, and they're gonna be ready to play on Tuesday. But I do think we're gonna show up and uh, we'll be ready to play another dog fight. But you're kind of playing with house money, Albie, because this four game stretch. Uh, Houston, BYU, uh, Oklahoma on uh, on the road, and at TCU on the road, we were like, man, we're really about to find out what's going on with this team. This is probably the toughest four-game stretch that is on the schedule all year, and you're already 2-1. and one. When we thought maybe just going 1-3 and three 
would be good enough in this four-game stretch. You've already got the second win, so you're kind of playing with house money. But I hate TCU, and I would love to just go in there and, and finish this stretch off at 3-1 and one and stay in first place. What yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, that's not even mentioning the win against Kansas State. Because that Kansas State game was another one where I'm like, man, if we can get through this five-game stretch, we'll be good. So we're 3-1 and one in that. And if we're counting Kansas State as well, we're already 3-1. and one. Well, like you said, we could have easily been 1-3 and three or even 1-4 and four if we count TCU. So we are playing a little bit with house money. And, and I think it's just another statement. You go on the road, you beat Oklahoma, that's a statement. You go on the road and you beat TCU, you become the favorite in a way, right? You beat TCU, now it's like, man, I, who's going to beat this Texas Tech team? Um, this is a little bit. I mean, with only one loss, only one loss in conference so far, uh, you beat TCU, go to six and one. Now it's a, now it becomes a race, right? Like it becomes a counting, uh, a counting situation where it's like, okay, is it going to be 11 wins that wins the big 12? Is it going to be 12? Is it going to be 13? Like, and you've already knocked out six halfway through. I mean, I, I've been very impressed. Going going back to the coaching staff and the uh, the toughest team wins mentality that Coach Grant McCaslin has instilled. And the man, when Devin Cambridge went down, I, I really thought this team was was going to struggle a little bit. But credit to um, Red Raider Nation, credit to the guys on the squad. And uh, man, how, how about our guy uh, uh, Buffington over there on the on the on the sidelines with the coaching staff? He, he was in the locker room, yeah, shaking and moving it. and grooving. I love our, it. our guy, Big Buff, <laughs> GM of the Red Raiders. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. And and so this is this team is starting to really gel, really go through it, and and have a lot of fun. And so this is this is a a team I'm really excited for. I'm excited to see what they do, and I'm excited for this week's game. Against TCU, time to get to our prize picks predictions. That's prize picks. Make sure to go to prize picks, download the app. If you haven't downloaded the app, what are you doing? Come on now. Download the app now. And you can put up to a hundred dollar deposit. If you put up to a hundred dollar deposit, prize picks is gonna match a hundred dollar deposit as long as you put in our promo code takes twelve. That's T-A-K-E-S one two. And you get a hundred dollar mass free money. I'm trying to help you out here. Free money. Go ahead, bet on the Chiefs. Bet on the Chiefs for by the time this comes, we're gonna already have a Chiefs W, so be able to bet on the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Do that. Um, bet on and, and you know and uh, work on these props. Do the over on Patty Mahomes' yards. Make sure to go off off and look at NBA scores and put the over on your favorite team. Hopefully it's the Rockets. If it's not, I don't know what you're doing. But um, first half, first half, Luka Doncic is always a good. That, you know what I'm saying? Luka was 73 points. I as as a hate as a personal Mavericks hater, I couldn't hate. I was like, my God, <laughs> 73. I I did find it funny. Quick aside, Grant Williams saying, "Me and this guy combined for 81." <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> But um, yeah, Boban. Boban was on Twitter. Hey, my guy Luca, we scored seventy. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Uh, oh, Boban's a national treasure. But um, but yeah, make sure to go to Price Picks. Use our promo code takes twelve T A K E S one two. So with that, TJ, what is your prediction for this week's game against TCU? Do you see a Texas Tech win, a loss? What's the score? Man, I am going to say that this good run uh, of good fortune continues. I love the way that this team's playing. I love the momentum that we have. I do expect Red Raider Nation to show up and show out in Fort Worth. And I just hate TCU. So I'm going to pick the Red Raiders. I'm going to say that, we, like I said, we've been in the 80s. TCU scores 22 fast break points a game. Uh, that's something that we haven't mentioned. They, they like to get out and run. Uh, let me say the Red Raiders win 84-78. 84-78. 
Great one. This is going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be fun. A lot of fun. A lot of good offenses. Um, I think Tech's a bit of a better defensive team than TCU is. Uh, but I could argue that TCU is a much better offensive team. I'm actually – you know what I'm going to do? I'm choosing Tech to lose. I'm going to tell you why. I've actually been choosing Tech to lose a little bit lately. And I do think eventually – keep doing it. Whatever yeah, you're doing, That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Like, I'm like, you know what? Now, I was right about us losing to Houston, but I was right wrong about us losing to Oklahoma. Let me do it again. And I have the same reason for why I have Tech losing to TCU as I had it to Oklahoma, is that they're on the quote-unquote road um, against a, an underrated team, against a good team, that I think, honest, uh, and I think that team is going to be able to kind of ride the hand that they've had and keep it going a little bit. But I was wrong last week, so I'm going to ch- hope that I stay wrong. Right, um, but I, I, again, I think there's going to be another big statement made if Texas Tech can do it to where they go from a man, this Tech team is coming out of nowhere to this Tech team might might be the favorite to win the whole dang thing. So, real quick, yeah, you you beat you. You're talking about getting up up closer to the two three line. Ex- a, so we're still. It's funny. I saw one that had us at a seven seed after winning this game, though had getting the automatic qualifier because we were, excuse me, we were top of the conference. And um, I was like, okay, first of all, if we were really the automatic qualifier, uh, we would not be a seven seed. We would be a little bit higher to that two three. But to your point, we only have three losses on the season. And I know our non-con was nothing to, to, to gawk at, but if you win the Big Twelve, I don't give a damn what your non-con looked like. You could have been pa- been playing the Sister Mary's Yeah, like you could have been playing any of those teams if you play win the Big Twelve. You're one. Of, you're a top three seed in the country. You're done. You know, automatically. So, um, so, but I'm. I'll say this. I will go ahead and keep a TCU win, eighty-five to eighty. Um, close game still, but eighty-five to eighty in Schulmeyer. Before we get out of here, TJ, I want to know any thoughts about Tech against Cincinnati that they're going to actually play this weekend. Uh, Texas Tech against Cincinnati. Uh, we're finally, finally coming back home. Uh, this will be our first time we've played Cincinnati as members of the Big 12. First time in a long time we've actually played Cincinnati in general. Uh, any quick thoughts there? Yeah, this, this one's for Dana Beers, okay? You remember that? <laughs> he, he came to Lubbock, he did the horns down, and was he thought he was going to pick Tech, and then he comes out of nowhere. And the, For those who don't know who we're talking about, he works for Bar, Barstool Sports, something, something like that. And uh, it was a big uh, sh- uh, pony show. But uh, he ended up choosing Cincinnati, whatever. You're, you're about to find out what happens when your Bearcats come into the USA in one of the toughest places to play. We're at home, Albie. We're going to win. This will be an interesting one also because it will be Pat Mahomes versus Travis Kelsey. Remember, Kelsey actually went to Cincinnati. Oh, I wonder what kind of bet they're going to have. Yes, that's right. As they're prepping for the Super Bowl there. Um, so – we hope, we hope, we hope that, you know, kickoff. People are going to, this is going to drop after the game and people are either going to say we're geniuses or idiots. One of the two, um, as they're listening to this, to this episode, but, um, but yeah, no, this should be a good one. I, we're finally favored in a game. So that's fun. Uh, cause we haven't been favored in a while, but, uh, um, but yeah, this should be a, a nice welcome to the big 12 for Cincinnati. They're going to have a long way to travel on a Saturday in the USA. I expect that thing to be rocking, especially if Texas Tech pulls off this this win against TCU. So it should be a good time. TJ, uh, go ahead and tell people everything about you, where they can find your stuff, all that good stuff. Yeah, man, I'll be, I appreciate you having me on, bro. Uh, would love to do it again, man. I, I mean, I was... I was uh, worried real quick. I, I mean, I was like, man, I do. You know, we usually kick 
20, 30 ish minutes, you know, I was like, I, and then I look, I looked at your pod and I'm like, man, 48, 50, 48, 45. I was like, man, I, okay. We, we're putting up a 54 spot. So, <laughs> but Hey man, real quick, the nation, um, at guns up nation still, we, we, so that the, the tag is still at guns up nation, but we are the nation's podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's my name. It's spelled a little funky. Um, just because I, my name on the video game, you, like back on 2K, I could do T-E-E as the first name and J-A-Y as the last name, and the announcer would say T-J. So that's how I did it. It's T-E-E-J-A-Y-K-E-R-N on Twitter. Follow at Guns Up Nation on the, you know, the Facebook page. Uh, we're on YouTube. Um, we're doing video now, so we're having a lot of fun with that. Just added another uh, personality to the team. Uh, excited to announce who that is here pretty soon. But Albie, man, uh, we got we got some football to watch. So I, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, let's do it again sometime, and, uh, and we'll uh, we'll do it again, man. Yeah, absolutely. I got to get TJ up out of here so we can watch the Chiefs. Um, so for TJ Curran, this is your boy Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the Ten Twelve Network. As always, stay wrecked, everybody. Sports Social Podcast Network.